You know, I often wonder what John would say about his 30s. You asked him once about his 20s. He shut you down. Hey, will you get the f*** out? This is your intro. Who told Lou to fuck off? Lou, Lou Thomas. Why? Because I don't, I mean, I'm just chilling. I can't have a... But you always complain when we don't have intros. He's right about this. Okay, I don't want to be in the intro. I want Ryan Campbell to be in the intro. A segment like pregame preview, like it's not necessarily for everybody because a lot of people come with a hidden agenda or a protected ideal of what they should say in relation to what they actually feel. That's why we created this essentially to be a foundation of, of real talk and not to get gender specific, but it is kind of like what men do. And that's what we're going to do today, UFC 285, baby. On Saturday, March 4th, T-Mobile Arena in, well, technically Paradise Lost or Nevada Paradise. Oh, fuck me. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck you. Just roll with this. All right, I'll start one more time. Don't say shit. I'm just going to keep it moving. Thomas just going to keep it moving. Here. here we go. Here we go. Three, two. On Saturday, March 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're also known as Paradise. Maybe, maybe the greatest fighter ever returns to maybe, just maybe, win his second weight class title. And that's a big deal. So we're going to make it one and talk about it. Here on the Morning Combat, UFC 285 pregame preview. That's Brian Campbell, as always, for our pregame guest, the Iceman himself, Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Luke Thomas. The Iceman. Gentlemen, how are we? What are we drinking today for the pregame preview? <clears throat> we don't have anything yet, but I believe we're going to dip into that sweet nectar known as Tiger Thick. It's baby. pretty good. Dude, it's actually, dude as it Luke would say, I'm not doing a bit. Tiger Thick's badass. I'm into this. Right? Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not going to drink, but I, do you have anything for me? You know here? what? I actually do have something. What do you have for me here today? Check this out. Oh, wow. Some watermelon with mint vape. Oh, for you, buddy. Huh? <laughs> watermelon and mint vape. I can't quit her. <laughs> She got to hold on me. She got to hold on me. I've actually like not done much vaping recently. What have you been doing with your fist? It looks like you're there in like you a go, bar fight. Yeah, Chuck, look at this. Chuck, identify his fist. What, what's going on here? Yeah, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's been, been dragging. Yeah. Those knuckles have been dragging for a while now. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's a Sean Price lyric. The, uh, the, 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 the king's, no, the god's knuckles drag when the, when the I don't know, something. <laughs> Wait, why did you say it was paradise? Is it actually It paradise? actually is called paradise, that particular portion of the... Uh, that is very weird. Enterprise. The T-Mobile no. is, though? Isn't that right there on the strip? Paradise, yeah. That part is supposed to be paradise. All right. Great David Lee Ross song, right? Look at this. Dude, could you pour it? Jesus, what is that? Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is he, a Persian grandfather? What is that? <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Oh, here, can you put the top back yeah. in that and bang it? Oh, my God, it? I can yeah. smell the watermelon on this thing. Uh, we should toast, Chuck. Yep, all right. In our, in our coffee mugs here. Here, hold on, let's toast together. Arriba, Alberto. Let's toast the vape. Andreja. Here. Momito. Toast them here. Yeah, there it is. Don't be racist. Oh, yeah. right. Don't be racist. Oh, yeah. Don't be racist. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. <sighs> little stem warm. This is good. Very, Very nice. Minty. Very nice. Different poisons for different folks. Here we go. Yeah, this is actually pretty gross. It burns a little bit, but just burns. But you know, it's sweet enough to like, like it's manly, but it's a sweet man. You know, it is a sweet man. (laughs) You look like a sex pest. (laughs) (laughs) I just play one on TV. Uh, uh, All right, like most comedians. This is my favorite show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there's very little to do with MMA. (laughs) Like most comedians, I just play one on TV. You know, there's only a thousand of us out there. But uh, I mean. From the word go, I want you to know I see you doing skits and bits. Hey, we got a big fight card, and it's not just John Jones coming back. I like how he reels you in. Up and down this. Stop, leave me alone. This pay per view fight card, there's badassery, there's yeah. matchups, there's storylines, there's sex. 
But before we can break that down, we do have a little bit of a creed. And I'm not talking about Adonis or, or March 3rd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to see it in 3D IMAX Creed 3, all right? Why are you bringing that up? Because we have a different. We're talking creed. about John. Jones. We have a what different creed here crossfire about here. about about the you know how we talk about these fights, Chuck. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember that decree? Yeah, I actually do. Decree? You mean decree? Decree. There's degrees of decrees. I decry. Decree. <laughs> There's degrees of I decrees. I decry your existence in my dungarees. To be fair, but um, <laughs> you were trying to get somewhere with this. Where were you? Where were you going? Real talk like men do. Uh, yeah. I know where he's going. I was trying to set him up. Just give wow, there, there goes the drama of that. Dude, <laughs> do you know what Paul Craig told us? I can't get over this. Paul Craig. Paul Craig told us. This is a true story. Paul Craig told You know how Paul Craig paints his face blue? Yes. Okay, he's Scottish. You're like, oh, that's why he does it. No, do you know why he does it? Smurfs in? I don't know. Dude, Mike Perry suggested it to him. Come on. But like, Mike Perry suggested passionately there's suggested not, there's it. not some deeper meaning to it. No, <laughs> no, well, it comes from the Braveheart thing. But like Mike Perry saw, he's like, oh, Scottish guy, Scottish guy, right? Put the blue face on. He was like, yes. Wow. Yeah, but the story you been all my life. When when Mike Perry saw it for the first time, didn't he like come running in public and be like, yeah, yeah motherfucker, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, because he came through the thing. That's Ocean's Daddy. Room. Yeah. All right, Chuck John yeah. Jones is yes. back. Ten years in the making, actually. If you actually look at the first time he teased the idea of going to heavyweight, it was back in 2013. Wow. 2023, he finally does it. Where, is that right? Jesus. Where is the MMA temperature? Where's the industry temperature on John Jones? <sighs> you know, man, I think because we were talking about the Nganu potential of the Nganu matchup for the last year before this fight was made, I feel like it's actually come down just a little bit. And part of that, too... Is three years because away, God, right? Because Francis departed? Well, just because it, the, the, nothing happened with it. I think that there was, you know, it's always like you, there's, a, there's always a feel of a consolation in the air when it's not the fight that people are imagining. It becomes something else. But there's also something about the passage of time. And I really believe that more and more. When we're inundated these days with, like, highlights of athletes doing great things on our social media and all that stuff, where John Jones just starts to recede a little bit back into the grain, you know, like, like he just, whatever he did, if we we've been around, we've watched him. We kind of know what he's capable of, but there is a thing when a guy is gone for that long, people tend to forget. And there are new fans. I mean, there are fans that have come aboard that I'm really don't how quickly know quickly the, the fan cycle, like repopulates a new batch. Do you know what I mean? You're right. There are yeah. a lot of young fans who boxing didn't... fans have, are, are, you know, they're in it for in the grade. long haul. They're in they it grew up with it. They're living MMA room, fans right? that just cycles that's, through. That is actually true. And that's something that's kind of borne out over time. I've realized that as a mixed martial arts, for whatever reason, always you have to refreshes. reintroduce yeah. yourself to the audience yeah. constantly. So is it, is it, is it the, the, the flashes of star brilliance every few years, Rousey, Lesnar, Connor that pull people in and it just doesn't stick. Is that Connor it? seems to be able to transcend the churn. It's a churn in news. It's a churn in events. It's just hard to stay relevant and above that fray, especially when you're not yeah. competing. Although it's kind of interesting. I, I, I it's funny, now that you bring it up, I do see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. At the same time, do you feel like there is an element of folks who are like, listen, there's not a lot of huge stars competing in the UFC right now. Now, Connor is back. Right. Um, and, but, but John being back before Connor was, was you know, initially the, the timeline of events here. I do think there's a longing for like big fights, I think big so. events. And John does fulfill that role. I think so. I mean, I think that he he has traditionally filled that role too. I right. think the only thing that comes down to though, other than just the time away, was the kind of boredom 
if you want to call it that, over his last couple of fights. They weren't the they weren't barn burners. They were kind of controversial. I think that you even score one of them for Dominic Reyes or like, Reyes. Yes, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, so did I. I mean, like, so there was some controversy. There was some drama in the team. I mean, there was there was there was drama, but it was more woodwork figures going against him rather than him going to challenge somebody. I liked what he said, where he's like, you know, I feel fear again, and I believe him on that. You know, a lot of times you're not sure where he's authentic and where where he's not. I believe him. I believe that there's a new feeling to this whole venture. Um, so and there, therefore, it kind of kicks right back into the feel of John Jones for me. It, it feels like a John Jones fight, like you see him on the poster. You know what I mean? You start contemplating. Like you can actually do this without abstract, like who's he going to face? You can actually start to really visualize this fight and sh- him showing up in a bigger form and how he's going to get it done. That's when it kicks back in for me. It's like see, just remembering like who he was and what that might mean for right now. Yeah. Fair enough. BC, do you where, where are you on the idea of the UFC must be like really happy to have him back, especially now that Francis is gone? Sure. But in sure. general, like I, the one complaint I do hear from casuals, they're not mad at UFC. They're not even. They, they were just sort of like, when's Connor fighting again? Like they're just <laughs> waiting for something kind of yeah. big. Do you feel like same question I asked? Him. Yeah, I mean it's a plus for the UFC to get him. It's a bigger plus that that. They lost Francis, but in some ways were okay with doing that. You know, they they put their feet in the sand the same way Francis did in terms of the negotiation and how short-lived that appeared to be based on Francis' take. But either way, it's easy to let a Francis go without backing up the Brinks truck when you have John Jones coming back. Yeah. And when, to be fair, a lot of people are going to predict him to win. I mean, like, look, I, I don't know. I've been debating this a lot. Is Cyril gone for John Jones in this long-awaited comeback, which just happens to be for the full UFC heavyweight championship? Like, is that a better, more dangerous, less commercial of, of all the offerings. It could have been, it could have been Francis. It could have been Stipe for the full title mm-hmm. is gone. Like the least sexy, but also the hardest or like, I can't figure out exactly. This is not the matchup I would have picked among all the options yet gone versus John Jones title or not is a hell of a great fight. And you, it does feel like, Oh, we lost Francis. Well, let's plug John right back in there because something we debate often John's Teflon people want to love him. They want to see him succeed, even though he's broken their hearts a million times with these, you know, side steps and setbacks and all that. They, they want to see him fulfill his greatness, him stepping right back into that. Even with the time off, it's, it, it, I know what you're saying it almost, you can, you may have a, you almost have forgot situation, but if he comes in and wins back this championship, he's not only the goat with a bullet, his, his viability, again, is massive. Sure. I do think that Gon would have been maybe the third choice in the situation because if you had Francis Ngannou, obviously you have the current champion. That makes sense, right? You're going up, you're challenging. I think that would have been one of the biggest fights they would have put on in years and years. Oh, central casting style-wise, too. Yes, like, like and I think that that's, that's why I wanted to see it so bad. But then I think Stipe would have been the second because Stipe being kind of the guy who has the most defenses, I think people relate to him as like one of the goats of the division and all that stuff. How about so that, that would have poster, made, the goat heavyweight versus the goat? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that, that would have probably been the two. And so gone then falls into the third spot. That's just how it seems to me. But I initially thought what you thought, which was like, you know, maybe this isn't, is this the best matchup for him? Like, and then I thought about it. I was like, you know, truthfully, it's everything after round two in the Nganu gone fight. Uh, is it should be fodder for John Jones, right? Like you can just look at that and say, like, well, wait a minute, if Francis is able to kind of take him down and siphon his gas tank. I have a pretty clear view. Yeah, you could get confidence pretty quickly Vasa watching that fight. Got him into a war when he true. probably shouldn't That's have been true. able to, right? That is true. So I think from John Jones' standpoint, he was, you know, something along the way was like, you know what, I could, I could take this guy. I think initially he probably wanted one of those other two guys, but 
warmed to the idea pretty quickly. And I think the Ngannou fight really did probably feed into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's been wanting to come back apparently for some time, but they couldn't quite get the right opponent at the right time. And so it ended up just kind of being here. It's not so much that God right. represents a figure of extraordinary importance other than he is very relevant as a high-end heavyweight. It's just that John's back... Like who? I mean, let's 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 see who we yeah. can make this assembly line work with, and then gone. I mean, gone was one one round away from maybe being talked about as something completely different. He wins the third round in that Agano fight, right? You know what I mean? It's right. like he's, he's yes, yeah. he's off to the races. It's it's crazy how it all hinged on you know that that moment. Basically, you know, you know what part of the John Jones experience I'm most excited about to have him back for the first time in three years, and as you said, finally get this long teased move to heavyweight, which could really solidify and cement like not you know not just mm -hmm. i mean the goat the goat of goats right this is the ultimate is that look um john ultimately you know I, did i just back myself into a corner and now i'm you know no i wasn't listening anyway that, so. it's probably fair but you know I'll, 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 <laughs> let's hear it you know th this is for the people of the sun so it'll probably come back around again pretty quickly you know just just give me about your hair brian you're really contributing seconds, to the conversation you know, it was great. okay i got it now i got it now um look the great ones have a have a way of defining, you know, time off and just sort of like, you know, GSP coming back after five years against Bisping and look at the romanticism and that major moment and, you know, oh, Dom Cruz coming back one. without ring rust ever and just sort of plugging himself back in and, you know, only the greats can do that. I've long compared John Jones in a sense to Floyd Mayweather in that they're both unflappable. Now, Floyd is a little more perfect in his, you know, John had closer fights for the most part than Floyd did at times, but... Floyd and John have always had that ability to press pause on whatever chaos is going on outside mm, and then dial in and bring it, no matter if they're undertrained like supposedly John was ahead of Gustafson in the first fight or whatever. It's going to get down to it. He's going to rise above. I want to see if that superpower is still there for John. Only the greats seem to have it, the, 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 all, the truly all-time greats. And can he activate it right now, three years removed, rebuilding his body into a new division? Like, there's part of me that doesn't doubt that John can go out there and do exactly what, what we think he might be able to do. You know what I mean? Kind of figure out this division and dominantly win this heavyweight championship. It's in play, but I think it's in play because say what you will about him, love him or hate him, throw him in the deep end. That dude's got the minerals, man. That yeah. dude has all-time right? great like he follows game plans. Like intangibles. His coaches, yeah, yeah. For, for as bad as some of his key intangibles are that keep his life in utter chaos – Dude, does he not turn it back on when he gets back in there? I kind of expect him to be exactly who John Jones is, which is freaking great no matter what's going on around. You wonder him. when he's making like I didn't I didn't really hear if you do you guys feel a buzz? Like does it feel big that he's no, back? So yet. surprisingly no. Yeah. Because it's no. been drawn out. It's been incredibly drawn out. Oh, that's your And I think that takes yeah, away that the, might the, be, the that wow factor, the surprise factor, the I mean it still it still feels definitely significant yeah. and it feels like the return is I mean, I'm not gonna say right on time, but like it needed to happen, and it happened, at, you know, uh, in a way that I think is pleasing to some people yeah. and, and the fans. But I, I haven't felt like. But this is the point I'm trying to make. In this era of MMA, where there's so much churn from fans to fighters to everything else, is it possible to stay above that fray? Other than as this transcendent Conor McGregor figure, like. People often talk about how popular John is, and what they misunderstand is like he doesn't have a ton of million plus pay per view buy rates uh, as a headliner. He may not have hardly any, I think, as a headliner. But whatever the case, but he had many here that were 500k, sometimes 700k, right. sometimes a little bit less. Too, yeah, he too. lived in that. 
era. But he lived in an era where he like, was he the biggest star? No, but he was a consistently delivering one. That's what he was good about. That's not, that's a very difficult thing to do. It's not the McGregor and Rousey level, right. but it's a very respectable one in terms of being a box office draw. That's where John has typically occupied. He, I mean, for a while, I felt like he kind of represented the big, the, you know, the big time pro athlete in our sport, right? Like an MMA, like remember he showed up to the uh, first Gustafson fight wearing Nike right. and Gatorade. Right. Like these were like huge moments for the sport. He I celebrated like. those moments, it would seem, during that yeah. fight week. Yes, yeah. he did. But I mean, like that's the kind of thing that he, he has, right? He had a little bit of a transcendence, yeah. but it was more that people could look at him and say like, oh my God, this guy, for whatever reason, they saw him as the legit like the legit champion, the guy that they wanted to tune in for. It never did really rise above that. It's kind of stayed there, but I feel like he has, he's part of the broader bubble. Like he's, people definitely know he's fighting and things like that. I wonder when he's walking in, you know, like he always does a lot of kind of theatrics and stuff and gets down and crawls into the cage. If it all starts to come back then where, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to know how that translates now because back in the day it always felt like, all right, now we're getting down to business. This is going to be fun. Well, th does this three years off – Retrigger the love for the game that John originally had. That that were some of these more pure moments question. happened because he loves competing at the highest level. He's got two brothers in the NFL. I mean, this is like oh, he's got one brother in the NFL. You, in, in general, you get my point. Two brothers that play in the NFL. Like is one of them gone now. Arthur? Yeah, Arthur's been out of the Arthur. league for some okay. time. Like yeah. like he's a Lost competitive junkie. Chandler's still very good. How yeah. much Chandler's how much Luke? Good. I mean, you, you know, you've you've dime store psychologized this man throughout the years covering him. <laughs> Dude, he may this <laughs> this time unfair. for as much <laughs> as there's legitimate questions about how his body reacts to all the weight yeah. to how the new division is and all that. Dude, this might also just completely reinvigorate him in, in, in ways because... I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we are looking at a scenario where he says that there will at least be two, but that means that there could also only be two, right? We, yeah. There's a scenario where it's just two more. This is one last push. This is one last, let's see what else we can get out of this. See, we differ on that completely. We've had this argument. I okay. think he is spiritually reinvigorated. I think the idea that he, I mean, and I'm sure like the always... physical rest, he feels better too. What I'm saying is whatever physical skills he has to bring, in my mind, there can't be any way other than a diminished version of what it's he It's so wants. crazy because this is a tough argument. Anderson Silva for the longest time was always flirting like, this could be the end for me. Like, you might be looking the last one. It was when he was on top. It was only when he started to lose that you couldn't shake him at that point, right? Like, he wanted to keep going and keep yeah. going. I don't know John Jones' psychology on this. But he always struck me as a guy who needed to be around it. You know what I mean? And I, it'll be interesting to see when he loses, especially if he loses in a very close way or controversial way, what happens then, you right. know? Because we haven't change. really seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's it. Dude, he's a, a competitor. Jose, I want to be clear no, with something. I'm not saying he's going to look like a garbage version. I don't mean that. In fact, I think he'll probably win. Well, here's what you're head. saying. Oh, no, just, I'm just trying to say I've often tried to understand the poor performance, relatively speaking, that he had at the end of his last yes. run. Yeah. And I've tried to make sense of that. To me, what I think I come down to is that that plus the time off, the aging, 35 years old, mm -hmm. not young. Uh, and by the way, he's been, you know, just all the training, even if he's had intermittent times of a relatively easy lifestyle, it's still just a lot of wear and tear if you've been fighting since you sure. were you know, 20 years old, basically, then wrestling prior to that. I, I now I'm now I'm going to need the people of the sun as I they come back around again because I've also lost. No, you you are ultimately <laughs> trying to like. Oh, say he'll still look good. I just don't. I do think he will look. I think win or lose, we're yeah. going to be like, aha, yes. Okay, he's well, older, what you're basically right. saying I agree with that, too. Three years off, we can't overlook that. And the fact that, look, all that adds up. The, the price, he, the, the toll he pays on himself personally outside the cage, you know, partying too much, all that stuff adds up. But if there's any division change which could present a potential fountain of youth scenario because of how 
large the gap is from 205 to, to heavyweight where you're going up against the guys that are cutting down to 265 is I think, you know, look at what Ryan Bader did reinventing himself in Bellator mm-hmm. at heavyweight. There is a potential where I don't think any of the age or grind elements add, especially with the three-year layoff. There is a plus in that of not taking damage, of sort of being able to, to heal mentally and physically, although how much can you heal when you're going through a lot of craziness that you cause? I get all that. But uh, you have sort of the some of the fears that I don't. Like, I you know, I believe— okay, what are your fears for John as a competitor? And My fears center more on the idea that is Cyril gone, you know, this—, this this freak sort of representing like the new age of heavyweight where you're not just big and you got a big punch. And that's always, cause that's always been a big part of the deal. Why I've always basically until Nganu destroyed Stipe to win the title in their rematch. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's a different type of heavyweight than we've ever seen. Okay. Gone is, is like that, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I always thought John can come to heavyweight and have the same, if not more success, because guys are going to be slower. He has a super long reach. He has a wrestling game where a lot of heavyweights don't. There's just certain elements there where he's going to look like a middleweight in there. The, the problem here is that Cyril Gaon already looks like a middleweight at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So is that just going to be a more active, more dynamic, quicker, just better footwork version of John? Be, you know, and, he, and he's maybe thinking I'm going up against some slow guys. You know, the, the same thing I'm thinking here. That's the type of guy that I wonder if could give him a lot of trouble in that. In terms of performance, in terms of turning back the three-year window, in terms of all that, John's a gamer. Like, that's the one thing we cannot take away from him, love him or hate him. He is a freaking gamer. Sure. Yeah, and I think he's going to come back and give a very good good version of himself upon this because and I don't think everybody can very few with the same can do team. this at this level it's yes. basically with the same team yeah, I mean, so there's been a lot of uh, talk about him trading with Henry Cejudo which he has yeah. done but his team will tell you that it's still basically the same people. It's Brandon Gibson. It's it's Wink. Fairly remarkable. Well, not Wink. I'm sorry. It's Greg Typical. Jackson. It's been through. Uh, and it's uh, Tusa yeah. and this jujitsu coach and uh, you know and then he had you know, Stan Efferdine he brought in to bulk up and yeah. But it's been more or less the same core of people that it kind of once was. I will say that out of all the coaches with uh, you know when you look at coaching staffs with a specific fighter. They have been very consistent and very good at diagnosing what they're about to face <clears throat> and exploiting those weaknesses. You could probably maybe say G- GSP with his coaching staff and all that, but Faraz. yeah, Faraz. I mean, they, they're oh, very Amber. good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that John follows that stuff. And I think that's John's, going to be interesting. Yeah. John, like he's not just going to get into a gunfight, you know, uh, and no, especially no, after no, watching no, no, gone, yeah, like yeah. kind of piece up, even, even, uh, uh, Tuvasa, he like four to one in strikes in the end. I know he got in some in some trouble there, but like it was like he quadrupled him in strikes. Yeah, he kicked That's the shit out. Always been him. so weird about watching him compete. It's like when you watch John in there as an athlete making decisions, you're like, God damn, this guy is a genius. Yeah, you know. And then he gets out of the cage and he's like, my, my, What the fuck? Like, how can you still got white rim around it? How can you be? Yeah, <laughs> it's like how can you be so smart here yeah. and then like, such yeah, it's, a it's so weird is it thing. possible that? <laughs> That so you're, I got, I got that the you're going to stroke out right here in front of us, and I'm not going to do CPR. Tiger, they're coming after me. A little retroactive uh. burn right there. Um, <laughs> is it possible that um, that I just got completely bamboozled by that? It's very possible. But, yeah, um, glad yeah. you hear, Brian. Once again, <laughs> you know, a lot of detours were taken. A lot of exits uh. off the highway. You know, just, just you know, trying to land this plane. Okay, but um, let's talk about uh, the other other side of things. If he wins here and he captures the title, there's sort of like a this expected ascendancy is like confirmed all time. Yeah. Greatest. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because I already I already agree. In fact, that's something that I'm sure you guys have covered uh, with Morning Combat, but, you know, he's sort of getting absolved of some of his asterisks, too, in this moment. Yeah. And uh, 
I think that that plays into it. But if he goes in there and he wins the title, I think he'd be what the eighth guy to have it in two divisions or something like that. Um, but you mean total of MMA? Yeah, total uh, something like that. I was I was looking at that stat at some point this week. Yeah, but what, there's been four UFC champ champs, right? Yeah, but I mean, well, just, just somebody who's overall? not simultaneous, simultaneous, but just I'm talking about just guys who oh, have two different who, weight classes. Yeah, two yes. different weight classes. In which case, BJ Penn and Couture right, would right. qualify, but not. not so I mean, I think you have to because he was already up there, and if you're and if you're kind of. Um, I think going up a weight too is also meaningful. Like going up, facing a guy like Gon, I think it's inevitable, right? Especially if he looks like an old version of John John, like the, I mean, like the younger version where he just goes in there destructive and puts him away somehow. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that that would really speak volumes for him. We talked, you, you agreed, right? Like he wins. He's, he's yeah. Cause he's guy. already the goat. You could have doubts based on drug use through the years. Although there, some of that's getting retroactively cleared to a certain degree. And you could just, uh, I don't know. You could think he lost any of those close matches, all of that. But at the end of the day, he's the goat. And if he does this, this is that long awaited finishing move in his career. Whereas if he wins this championship, it doesn't matter to me if he loses the next seven heavyweight fights or, or, or never fights again, dude, that is, there's no one else that can top you now because it goes back to all the stuff I'm saying to sort of pump up about the parts about John that are just so intangibly rock solid. And it's like gamer, big moment, rises to the occasion. So I get some of this fear. Like, you know, you asked what's my biggest fear. And I just wonder, is Gon going to overwhelm him in ways we don't know? Because Gon really is when he's dialed in next level. But what about to the idea of the bulk? Is there a chance John could come out from three years with that added bulk and it just not feel the same way, not as quick and getting off of his punches. There was a video and someone posted it being like, oh my God, he looks the same. And it was him hitting pads at the uh, Atlanta fight, which was against Rashad mm. and about 10 years ago, roughly. Uh, That's right. No, a little bit later than that, maybe sometime around 2014. You were at that one. Something like, I was at that you one. You were all yeah. over that one. I that remember. was the first one I ever filled in. That's uh, right. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Kid at the time, yeah. Um, and... Uh, and then they had him hitting pads recently. Some somebody commented being like, "Oh, it's the exact same speed." And if you watched it, it was like he was like very obviously slower as a heavyweight. You're like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" Yes, he People looks see what they want to see. In yeah, him, but right? he did. I mean, he looked fine. He looked he looked yeah. mechanically efficient and like obviously a well trained fighter, but he definitely looked slower. Yeah. Like, do you have any of those fears, Chuck? Because you know, I, I think he'll overcome any kind of cage rust. But what about the timing? Or is that? I mean, a, is that a I significant do, part? I do. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some of that for sure. The other thing is, I mean, he has shown that he can take a shot. He, he doesn't get into many barn burners, but he, you know, the the Gustafson fight where he ate some big shots, he's shown that he can do that, but this is a different kind of power. And if he eats a couple of those shots, where is he at? Like, that would be... I would, it's not a heavy puncher, though. That's true. That's true. But it's just, you know, just heavyweight in general. I'm like, we'll see how he kind of handles that if he, if he eats those. But the truth of the matter is, man, he's such a smart fighter in the end that I kind of always count on him nullifying any danger areas right away or setting a pattern in a fight, shutting something down or then taking it. Like I, I could see him taking it to the ground fairly early, right? Like, and just trying to see if he can get it done there. I just, I think he's that kind of fighter. So I have those. I'm you know, anything can happen. That's part of what makes it so fascinating him coming back. But I also, it's very simple for me to be like, well, yeah, but he'll just do this and he'll put it in his terrain. You know, he'll put it in where he's comfortable and, and dominate the fight that way. Luke, mm. Do you expect John Jones at heavyweight to be a consistent finishing threat or only in the right type of strike? Think a high kick where he catches a guy not looking or doesn't see it coming? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, God, it's so many questions. Yeah. It's just really, it is. Really, but that's what that's really literally part of the backstory. I mean, part of the whole thing, right? The whole setup. I is think like one thing that you just can't lose sight of for me. Just one though, if there's one thing that you just go back to, it's like again, 
John makes, again, very questionable decisions in every area not known as the octagon. But, like, that fight against Reyes, you know, he knew it was close. And maybe he thinks he won. Again, he did, obviously, in terms of the judges. But, like, he had to know, shit, that was uncomfortably close. Yeah. And he hit pause on his whole career. Now, yes, the pandemic and everything else, the tumult of his personal life, which, by the way, we haven't even really talked about. That's, like, a really, like, insane thing that it's still going on and only getting worse, seemingly, like, not getting better. But... um but in general, like in terms of those physical factors aforementioned, um, you dropped your vape, Chief. Did I? Yeah. Look, I wonder related to that. I'm glad you brought up that Dominic Reyes point again because I remembered the last time I got oh, off so, the exit. So, so what I was going to say was, where I was, I think he took a break and he knew he had to. And so right. his sense I, of I, I his agree. sense of timing, I agree about like when to walk away, and now his sense of timing to return. Yeah, he's only doing that. My best guess, he's only doing that because he absolutely feels he's ready for. Yeah, it. he knows yeah. when to hold them and fold them. But related to that. You know, we look at did the division catch up to him physically down the stretch? Maybe that's why some of those fights were close. But wasn't he fighting in more of a very safe GSP like protect your title at all costs? Some of that is fueled by the rest of the division catching up for sure. And maybe just the grind of John being worn out mentally and physically. (laughs) But like, I don't look at those and be like, well, that's who John was before the layoff. So, you know, how how much worse is he going to look now? Dude, again, this three years could could just reactivate that competitiveness, that want sure. to train. And some of it because of the personal stuff, Luke, I think it, in a weird way it's consistently fueled him to be a better fighter within the chaos. And maybe that's just sort of how he's naturally wired to just take the drama and all the stresses of real life, push it aside and focus everything he has on this task. But in light of all the personal issues in the recent years, I don't think he's coming back for just one or two. I think he's coming back to like that's – I don't know. It's, not, it's just weird to me that this guy's coming back and it's a really huge fight and that's great. I mean, there's plenty of fun mm-hmm. things to talk about when you're talking about John Jones fighting Cyril Gaon and right. a number of wonderfully awesome dimensions to that contest. That's great. But like if this was any other fighter and their only grievance was his last one that was in Vegas where he's, you know, headbutting the cop car and there's this 911 call and there's kids involved and there's alleged domestic dispute, mm-hmm. like that would follow them to this fight week or this upcoming fight week every single yeah, day. Every I single know. day you'd hear about it. And you just really – and I, I know we're entering fight week. I guess we'll have to see how much it happens. But there's been nary a word mentioned about it up until this point. He's got good footwork. Of, got a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah elusive yeah. from that sort of thing too. I mean, his he's always got some red tape, right? Like he's always into every fight. I don't know if people have just accepted at some point like that he has this sort of thing to him. It feels like they have, to be honest, like where people are like, well, he's always in some kind of trouble, you know? Right. And they just kind of let it go because of that. But that's why, like, I always make the Manny Pacquiao comparison, but Pacquiao stopped knocking dudes out shortly after he, you know, apologized to his wife, made good, recommitted himself to Christ and sort of became this humanitarian that he is today. But he wasn't having that same effect or nastiness inside the ring. I think John's got to have the chaos in his life to bring out I the best so. of him as a fighter. Even though I'm not trying to justify that or you know say he doesn't need to clean clean yeah. up, dude. He's one misstep from it all falling apart at all times. But damn, does this dude have an ability to keep it together? And let's talk about his opponent gone yes. because I think there's a big question based on some quotes that are getting passed yes. around. Glad you brought that up. So is if Would you like me to state it? Yeah, please. I, I'm not sure who the interview was with, but I saw it reproduced by ESPN and other places like the Mac Life. The basic idea, if you haven't seen this quote card in social media, Chuck, is he basically is like, listen, I'm this is Cyril Gon talking. He's like, look, I'm here. Let me hand me the phone. So let me read the quote to you very quickly. Right. This is him talking to La Sœur. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> I'm lazy. That's oh, the yeah. truth. This I is did. BC also talking. 
I only train when a fight is announced. I had my fight against Taito Ivasa, barely trained since then, and now I'm back at it since the John Jones fight has been announced. <laughs> is he talking bullshit? Is he telling yeah. the truth? Because here's the truth. That's something that John Jones did for right. long portions that, of his career. I was about to bring this up, actually. when and we still won. Yeah, when we were talking about the first Gustafson fight, I was like, well, that sounds like gone now. Um, I mean, it's like whose red flags do wave a little bit, but at the same time, He's being honest, and I feel like they're. I feel like sort of that's the heavyweight. I'm not everybody, but I feel like that's a heavyweight division. Sometimes, like some of these guys, they just kind of get around to training when it's absolutely necessary. Um, I'm a little surprised, though, to be honest, because he's such an athlete. You've seen him like, dunking. Be, yeah, dunking just out there, just being athletic in general. Like, uh, so I just kind of assumed his that body he's always never out tends there. to show you any proof of this, though, right? Or is he just kind of John, saying, look, John never looked like anything other than an athlete. I mean, he was skinny, thin, sort of yeah. wiry, but. Whereas, you know, to your point, God's a little yeah, bit more yeah. hulking. But, but God is shredded along with the... But, dude, if you ever met guys like that, like, dude, they're just... It's like your eye favorites. Like, dude, they're just, they're just know, born that way, bro. They just always been, that way. They've been... The truth is, though, like, gone has looked pretty good every time out, hasn't he? So it's like if he's... If this is his way of doing things and he's looking good once he gets in there on fight night... It only becomes a red flag once it becomes a real red flag. You know what I mean? And I, I, I mean, honestly, probably the Ngana one because he wore down as that fight went on was the only time where maybe you correct me if I'm wrong. You probably watched a lot more tape on it, but where I felt like he showed that sort of thing where maybe he could have been in better condition mm -hmm. or something like that. Luke, um, is there any way you can frame Cyril Gunn's knockout of Taito Ivasa, which became a surprise, like almost fight of the year contender? So such a weird, wild war and none of us expected it. It became a war, I want to say, I think more of what Gan either didn't do or some mistakes he made, although, like, you can't discount the heart of Tuivasa. He just finds a way of getting inside on you. Are there any pluses you think Gan pulls from that or could pull from that rather than just looking at that as, oh, my God, you almost gave it all up and, you know, and it. I think he's also got minerals too. I'm not really worried about like what kind of competitor he is, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, but do you think he get he gets even better from from enduring that? Uh, sure. There's no doubt he looks at that. I think. There, I mean, if you're, I mean, he says he's lazy, and again, that by the way could all be trolling, right? You know, he's actually training his ass off, and he wants right. to think. So who the hell knows? But to the extent that there's any truth to it, yeah, I mean, definitely going through a firefight like that and making it out the other side and getting a great stoppage in the way he did against Suivasa with all those teeps to the gut and all the body shots, mm -hmm. like that has to be really great. I mean, he's fighting in Paris, right? And I think Paris. that that was part of it. Like he wanted to go in there and put on a show as well as win, you know? Yep. I think he went in there with a different mindset. But it's interesting. We've seen a, two different versions of Cyril Gunn, the one who is in control of the fight and looks like the new age heavyweight ready to take over for the rest, you know, next decade. And then the guy who still doesn't have he, fully developed skills, and if you can expose, so do you those remember when I said I said I, I wasn't I wasn't like super thrilled with his progression, and people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> and now we're back at a point where I'm like, "Well, he's telling you he's lazy." Like there actually could be a reason right. for why the, the the progression is still great, but not where it could be. Um, but here's the thing that you just always go up against. It's like, yeah, it would be <laughs> bad. Oh, by the way, like if he if he loses this fight one-sidedly, right? Right. You could then say, well, the trend was we saw him with Ngannou. Given the, and then his last fight, he almost gets taken out against uh, Toy Vasa. Now he loses. You could actually be like, well, yeah, that trend's been in play for a minute. The thing is this. I mean, just ask yourself this. If you had to build a fighter to beat John Jones at heavyweight today, like in your mind, 
how similar would they be to what Cyril Ghosn actually is today? That's how I. That's why I posed that and question. And there's enough early. of a difference right. between those answers that gives me a little bit of pause. Like part of me wants to feel like Ghosn is the easiest matchup of the three because he doesn't have like in the three meaning Stipe or Francis because mm. he doesn't have overwhelming one punch power that you have to wor- worry about. And if you're part of the allure of John moving up to heavyweight is seeing how he reacts to heavyweight power and all that that goes with that. But like you can talk yourself into that regard. But is there just as likely a chance that Gon could wear down Jones and stop him in that regard? Like, I mean, Luke, do you do you feel like this is the easiest of the three or potentially the hardest of the three? Because the other yes. two still have that basic default design of John being the longer, quicker, smaller fighter moving up and showing us the skill and the movement to outduel you. Against Gon, though, you may have to be the chaser and the puncher, too. On the feet, I would say I do think he's a big challenge for anyone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I really believe that. It's just every other part of the game. You're like, on the clinch, that's going to be interesting. Right. Now, 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 to that point, Cyril is very good in the clinch too, but I could see John making it like a more of a wrestling scenario. And then certainly in the wrestling itself and in the grappling, dude, God had left me wanting against Francis Ngannou. Like sitting. I think he was just dude, when he sat when he When he sat for that, <laughs> that, that heel hook, I was like, dude, what the fuck? Are we doing? He has to have improved since then. I, I to. told the story on the post-fight show. I remember, like, I think my very—we're talking 2004 or something. My very first week of training, we were playing around and we were doing guard passing drills. And I just sat for one of the legs for like a straight ankle lock. And my instructor at the time, his name was uh, Professor Green. He came over and was like, "Stop." He's like, "When you get good <laughs> enough, yeah, of course you can sit back for that. Got to learn how to pass the guard. It's much more yeah. important than some kind of bullshit leg entanglement nonsense." And I re- that just sort of stuck in my brain. And when he sat for that, I was like, oh, my God. That's funny. Like, that is a very bad mistake. What are you doing? Um, I don't know, man. If you do that shit against John Jones, like the, the fight's fucking over, bro. Yeah. Like, you can't do that shit. So, you know, I, it's like if he, he just – it's what we said before. The matching – the pairing is like who's at the top, who's ready to go. We got to get John in there. This seems like a good one. Let's make it for the title, and that'll be what it's about. It's not some It's not some giant ordering of the universe coming together to give us a right. very perfect answer to all of life's heavyweight questions. Who's the bigger pressure on, do you think? Jones? Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Cyril's lazy. I don't, but, uh, I don't think he gives that much of a shit. Cyril's already lost I mean, the title shot. Yeah, so like, I was going to say, though, if he loses this and then Jones' era is now heavyweight, I mean, he's kind of buried, right? Like, he's going to yeah. be buried for a little Yeah, but it's still heavyweight. You're still one big win away. I mean, really, I you are. So. You're always one big win at heavyweight. Especially, especially given the top. If John loses, what does that do to his legacy? It depends on the, the level of the loss. Okay. If it's so the let's kind say of, it's decision, but it's relatively clear. Okay, relatively clear, but could it show you that if he recommit you know commit continued down the path of rebuilding his body or if he just shored up that one part of his game like there are elements to this where he loses the decision you're like okay he cl- like okay let's say he's out is he against Jan as the example right okay not beat up but outclassed a lot of Cyril's opponents end up uh not beat yes. but outclassed mm-hmm. that's when I wonder if whether John looks at the outlet 
it looks at the field, especially at 205, which is a mess. It's a it's a decently fun now, mess. If he goes back? I'm, it depends on depends how... All that time bulking up. Let's say he gets yeah. schooled at heavyweight but doesn't get knocked out and finished, but just feels like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Um, would he have to get knocked out cold to, like, to beat... To... I think if he gets knocked out cold, he comes back and gets an immediate rematch, yeah. Talking about the guy who's like, if he wins, he's the greatest of all time. If he loses, right. he can get an immediate rematch. I guess rematch. it depends on the success he has into, up until the loss, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways this can go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that in any case, it's fun to think about. We've been talking about it for 40 minutes. So let's... <laughs> I mean, we can go two other hours other fights? on John Jones. Are there, are there other fights? Let's talk about that co-main event. What a fight this is. I am so happy about this contest. A women's flyweight title fight between Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. And again, I'll give him credit. At the beginning of the year, Dana Segura put out a tweet saying it's possible by the end of the year you could have four Mexican champions. Hmm. First two fought for a title, the first two won. Grasso could be the third. Wow. How about that? That is incredible. And didn't we say there's a fourth coming up? Uh, yeah, it'll be her her teammate, Irene Aldana. Yeah, if she gets the new If she right, gets yeah. it, she'll actually be the next champion as well. We've got four wow, champions, man. two women, two, two men. That is a remarkable moment for the growth of MMA, and it's been. I know that the UFC has said like this is the real moment, though, for Mexican MMA because I felt like we were always kind of forcing the issue earlier. Yes, you know what I mean. So the UFC, had, for folks who don't know this, Dana White made this clear that when they first bought the UFC at the time from Semaphore Entertainment Group (SEG), they were like, "Okay, where do we want to expand? Let's follow the boxing map, UK." Mexico. Got to be, right? Because that's where all the hardcore fight fans are. But then they found out that it's a different map for MMA fans. You have to make kind of your own. UK is coming along, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's chugging along in a great way. But Mexico has had a real yeah, burst of uh, innovation. And Kane got out the same year, right? Yeah, Kane got out it's the same year. So to have two champions, a potential third, granted it's an uphill climb. I think we can all agree yeah. to that. It's an uphill climb. Uh, I, I just feel like, and UFC deserves also credit for priming the pump in the way that they did in the market and bringing the product there and then putting Yair and putting Brandon Moreno on scholarship in terms of the athletes who got to go mm -hmm. train Jackson's low 10 years ago. Pretty great moment <clears throat> for the sport. I hadn't really occurred to me, to be honest, man. Like, that's, that is pretty remarkable because they have tried, I feel like, to be tapping into that market for a while. And uh, it always feels a little forced. Like, they, they can never get that star, but, I mean, now you've got – a bunch of people. That's true. I mean, I just it's had better almost if you have a bunch of uh, different names. I mean, one if you've got one big yeah. name that's transcending the sport, that's one thing. But and I'll tell you that, something. I'll have you guys been to an event down there? I was Mexico, yeah, no. Mexico. I went to the one in Mexico City, which was just a, like a fight night. The one that Jeremy Stevens fought Yair, mm -hmm. and it was it ended in an eye poke. Um, but the pop he got and Grasso was on that same thing, and so was um, um, Aldana. They were so it was so yeah. loud. I mean, they were just already heroes in the in Mexico. So. I, if all of that comes to pass, I mean, that is going to be a big moment for the UFC. How did C level Chuck do down there? I, I did okay. It was actually, I had to dodge some beers, though, because they stopped that fight and uh, mm -hmm. people were not happy about that. Is that the one where Brendan Fitzgerald got under his desk? Yes. They yeah. got, I was sitting right there watching them get under their desk. Yeah. That was hilarious. Right, look, there's two things happening at the same time in this division <laughs> right now, okay? Women's flyweight. One, the field is catching up with Valentina ever so slowly from Jennifer Maya competing on the ground. Now you have to, somebody that they think is going to beat her, right? So like, Tyler Santos <laughs> yeah. getting a disputed split yeah. decision loss that could have gone either way. Now you got Aaron Blanchford, Manon Farrell, Tatiana Suarez is coming back. Like, it's just across the board. Ooh, this division's decent point. again. Is Grasso a legit threat to the title, or is it more those other ladies that we're talking about here? Got to be the other ones, right? Yeah. Grasso has put together a great run. She has earned this opportunity. She is, I think, a threat worth, you know, certainly taking seriously. But it just, again, if you have to build a fighter yeah. to beat Shevchenko, That's how much does right. it look like Grasso? A little bit. Some of the boxing, some of the great footwork. Well, they got to be physical. Got to be physical. They got to be a good grappler. They have to be. They have to have. They have to be. Honestly, 
This is why, and, and Grasso kind of gets after it, but Blanchfield gets right oh, yeah. in your yeah. face. Blanchfield yeah. would be the, right in your face. That's why people are already like, you know, and this is, uh, you know, you get ahead of yourself. You think Blanchfield, my God, that would be a nightmare. And it would be a fascinating matchup if it happens with Shevchenko, right? For the reason she's young, she's invincible, feels invincible, she's undefeated, like all those things. But the fight, the way she fights, whereas Grasso, I mean, she, her fight with Macy Barber, for instance, like she didn't, no takedown attempts. Her last one, uh, is it Arujao? How do you pronounce her name? Arujao. Arujao. Yeah. Um, she blanked her on, on, yeah. on one of the judges' scorecards. She won 50-45. Right. And I mean, it, so, but, but the way that she's winning is the way that uh, I don't think she can beat Valentina this way. Yeah. The way that uh, Santos was able to compete was what had Taking a bunch of takedowns and oh yeah got the got the it was like she blew nine minutes of control or something yeah, like nearly nine for minutes that of control class, yeah and I mean I just don't see how Grasso gets that done you it's know like what she I doesn't mean? have huge power like Andrade had, Andrade lost to Shevchenko but you're like what's her threat big power okay yeah. all right that's a thing Grasso doesn't have that she has really clean boxing good footwork um, she obviously did beat I think she either knocked out or some she finished off. Uh, Joanne Wood right. in her, the fight prior to the last one. So she got some finishing ability. I knocked it off again. But um, That's nature's way of telling you to, to <laughs> I know, I know. kick but that nothing, shit. But nothing that's, that makes you like, oh, she's a great right. fit to beat Shevchenko. Chuck, I have a very important question sure. about Shevchenko for you. Okay. Oh, here it is. I can say this on camera. It's nothing, nothing weird. Um, here come the tweets at me. All is right, the rumors of her demise at 34, if that's even a thing, is it more situational an opponent based on what we just talked about, Tyler Santos' specific advantage on the ground and her size, or is it overall, or is it just that the Jessica I, Chukagi, and Lauren Murphy class is not as good as this new class? Like, what is it? What's really happening to Shevchenko? I think that's true. I think that the the previous class, I mean, you look at Jessica I, and I mean, I mean Chukagian is, is good, but again, I think that, that you're talking about a different class. You look at the ones like you just mentioned, Tatiana Suarez, I mean, I had her... You know, by now, if she's not missing time, she would have been a champion, I think. Yeah. She was, they, were, they were calling her the female Habib. Yeah. Yeah. Folks forget and that. And I mean, fact. yeah, they forget. That's another one that you're just like, man, that's just crazy. That division is shaping up. But those types of fighters, the way that they win, is just such a dictation of wills. You know, like, especially when you're talking about Blanchfield and like this last fight. It just, it's fascinating, man. If Valentina is able to now navigate that, I would have no problem saying that she's the GOAT in the women's MMA, right? Like, it's right now people still talk about Amanda Nunes and, and all this, but if she's able to navigate this field coming at her or about whoa, to come whoa. at her. What he's saying right now, people, is that Valentina doesn't necessarily need a third fight with Amanda and a victory to surpass Amanda all time. She just needs to run the course in her own division at 125. Luke, interesting take. She Maybe. has seven defenses right now. That's correct take. Which is the women's UFC record. What's the, the, the overall record? Is it uh, 11 by DJ? I believe it's 11 by DJ. Yes, I think so. So it you're saying essentially if she clears out this class, she'll have the record for most title defenses. Yeah. She may be the – is she the – she the female goat if that happens, Luke? No. Who you like that Silly chick? Silly ass argument. What's that chick you like from Strike Force instead? Strike Force. Fujimi. Megumi Fuji E. Fuji E. Yeah, I wouldn't call her a Strike Force veteran, BC. <laughs> yeah. Much like Jair Bolsonaro, not a Strike Force veteran. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I'll say this I though. You're talking about. Uh, I, What's her, anyway. Brazilian striker. No, the yeah, the, 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 the woman who just went into uh, pro wrestling who was with Bellator. I thought you were talking about her. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you're talking about uh, OnlyFans. Uh, Valerie. 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 Yes, yes. <laughs> Valerie Laredo. Didn't know what you're talking about. Okay. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> all right. I will say this. I can see a scenario where the fight could be like a little bit like what we got from Holloway and Edgar, where the scores are lopsided, 50-45. But it's like, you know, it was relatively competitive. Like, that, it wasn't a blowout. It's like each round was, 
Close, but one was just better. With Grasso? You yeah, mean? like yeah. they strike it out and they just box it out on the feet where she gets her legs chopped yeah. up and she eats a big shot. But, you know, Grasso's tough and she, she's going to make— what's interesting, though. Grasso's considered a very good boxer in the women's game. Is that, that's a true statement? Yes. She's got good head movement. She seems to put her punches together well. But Shevchenko from middle distance is just a marksman. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just is. A, I mean, look what she did. She has more weapons in different ranges. But look what she did to Holly Holm, for example. Just completely mm. control mm. the distance and shut her down. So, but she also what? She did she arm? No, she armbarred Juliana Pena. What I'm basically saying is that even though Grasso has the strength that's pretty damn good, I think Valentina's just better in that strength to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think she plays Grasso's strength plays into Valentina's strength. That's yeah. why it's well harder said, to speak. Yeah. I mean, it just feels it feels like the uh, the UFC equivalent of this is not quite true because again, I do think she earned it. Yeah. But it feels a little. The terminology never conveys exactly what you want it to convey. It feels a little bit like a mandatory in boxing. Right. Something like that, where like the person became the mandatory because they beat all the people they were yeah. supposed to. You're not making this because you actually think that Shevchenko is, you know, going to lose. But it, this person earned the opportunity. You're the champion. You have to defend it. Right. That's the responsibility. Let's see what happens. Right. It would feel, and obviously I'm not trying to create like a rooting interest, but it would feel a little anticlimactic, even though it would be a huge moment for Mexico, like we just said. But if Grasso wins and you take out somebody that we're having these discussions about being the GOAT and those potential matchups that we were just talking about, meaning what they could and all this, it would be kind of uh, anticlimactic, I guess, right? Like that yeah. would be – I think that now that you have Blanchfield who made her her case with Andrade and, and you got Tatiana there – you want, you want to see those fights, yeah. and then you want the stakes to be as high as they can for those fights. As you know? Teddy KGB once said, so unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> All night long, check, check, check. That, give that man that his money. Pay him. He beats me that. straight up. I saw up. that recently. Yeah, that guy hung out movie. in more Turkish bathhouses than you and Doug Crosby yes. combined. Rounders yes. is a is a great movie. That is a great, great movie, movie. I love it. That, and by it, the way, that little mini up, era. hold up. That one holds up. That little mini era, which also had Goodwill Hunting. Had the Matrix. That couple-year run there in the mid to late 90s. Like 97, 99. Half-baked. Fight Club. I mean, that run of – there was pretty – there was some Fight badass Club. movies in that. Titanic. Oh, well, oh, yeah. He, he had it for a minute. I had to go see the uh, – I was dating a girl at the time who made me go watch the re-release of Dirty Dancing. Oh, man. Oh, God. God, I fucking hate it. Did you have the time of your life, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not have the time oh, of my life. I wanted to fucking die. They put uh, in a corner. Nevertheless, I don't have a whole lot to say about that fight, but I think the card in general – it's a pretty great. Who should fight next for the title against the winner of Shevchenko Dude, versus Cross? Blanchfield, it's right? I think so. What about Mano? She's ranked two. See, that is the that is the yeah, that is I'm hard. Good. What about Tyla? She's ranked one. No, she needs to get another fight. You need to think she needs to pay her coaches, or you're not getting into that? Uh, it, it's all alleged. We'll have to see. I'll let the courts decide. Okay, like like the IV. It's yeah. all alleged, right? So, again, the bigger the fight is. would be Blanchfield. When you when you accept an opponent switch with like seven days notice. I'm sure you guys have already talked about this, but when you accept that from your perspective and, and do that, I mean, come on. She's Jersey tough. I know. You, you have to have like a supreme oh, yeah. of confidence. Dude, she has an unna unnatural amount of confidence. pulls it off like yeah. with relative ease almost. I, I mean, know, shocking. I don't understand that. Like it's an, but again, then again, like, I don't know. Some kids just, whatever sport they pick, 
by age eight or nine, they're like, I'm going to be in the Olympics. And it's just fact, and they get there. Yeah. Maybe it's just one of those just mentalities. And that it just like, hasn't been there for that division. Like, there hasn't been that person that you're like, you circle them and say, watch out. As soon as they get to yeah. Shevchenko, that's that. This the feels like the, like the bookend of Shevchenko yeah. beating the early stage of the women's flyweight division, right? Yeah. If she wins, obviously. It would be the first, okay, you you went through that early period. Yeah. Here's the second wave. And, and 2.0 looks a lot. That's yeah, three straight dismantlings. For, or no, no, there's one fight in between. It's Aldridge. Did she dismantle her, too? I mean, this is this is a run right now. From it's the room service diaries. Um, effect. What's the not yeah effect. Effect. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very effectual. It yeah. is. Um, All right. Also, Luke, this card's great. Can you get any other? So ones how about this one? How about Shavkat Rachmanov, undefeated? I think 17 wins. 17 finishes, undefeated. All he has stoppages in every one of his fights. Well, Low was very early to that one. Very early. The to biggest that one. source of his MMA yeah. hard-ons. Admit it. <laughs> Rightfully so, though. Rightfully so. Take it on yeah. Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal, by the way, just coming off that win over Vicente Luque, where he looked fucking great. He's a hammer again. He's figured. He put it he back together. He's got his life in order. I know he had a little bit of a, some issues yeah. there, but he looked like a. He looked, he's a suitable competitor. But but Chuck. Yeah. Old Shavi. You love Shavkat. He's looking him. like the real deal. Holyfield is he not? He is, man, and I know we have talked about him before, and we and I've said this before. There are certain guys that have that inevitable thing to them, and he was definitely the guy in that division to me, pretty early on, where I was like, "Watch out for this guy." And I feel like this is the fight, right? Like where people are going to be watching this card. You're going against a guy, I think, who accommodate him a little bit and the type of fight that would showcase his skills. So I think it's going to be a fun one. It's definitely the bang for your buck on the pay per view like this. You're like, you get a guy who's literally making that move. And Bo Nickel, right? Like, so you get a couple of guys like this who are in that space, but like uh, Bo Nickel has a little ways to go. But Shavkat, man, I mean, to me, he's a future champion. So this is the first step, right? You see you right over there? Yeah, sorry. What'd I, you see? I don't have to. I, I'll tell you off camera. Okay. Right? Uh, I know someone who has trained with like Saryukian and a bunch of other hammers and Rachmanov and all those guys out of that area in various points. And they told me that by far, by far of all the hammers right now in the UFC, Rachmanov's the most talented. Yeah. Damn. And I came from like a very credible source. I mean, Islam's pretty talented. Uh, well, we're talking about the up and coming ones, not the ones who are already. Not there. the ones, that, not the Usmans, not the ones who are there already. Not Us the ones who are already there. The yeah. ones who are like sort of the younger yeah. guys. Uh, BC, do you have my level of like? To me, it's just a question of like which way is Rachmanov going to win? Right, because the the deal is there that Jeff Neal is like kind of the perfect challenge right now, and he's re mm. he's reborn physically and mentally, and he, that knockout of Luke is is what you want to be coming off of, and he had a hundred and split decision with Ponzinibbio before that, but despite all the layoffs, injuries, and, and some of the missteps in his own life, like this is the perfect challenge, and he might get sliced up. I mean, this just might be an in inevitable one-sided dismantling and that's the lure to see how not how good how great is Shavka you know I mean at the same way like True. how many times we see a, a prospect's wheels fall off in, in in the most unexpected way Roman off the heavyweight did you see him getting gassed yeah. out there no it happens no not to this guy not to yeah. this guy because there's a next level craft there's a poise that feels almost that's scary the there's poise, an understanding yeah. of the game inside of him and an execute an ability to execute that's like Damn. Um, Dude, he fights not with, like, crazy aggression, but when you watch precise. the fight from the beginning to the end and you go back and you're like, like, for what I've done, like, when you go back and you review, like, what path he takes, he fights with such intention. Yeah. Now, he may set a trap to do it. It may take him some time to pull it off, like a round or round or two, but he'll do it, and it's you can just tell he just brings the fight like a crocodile just grabs and then drags yeah. you under. He knows exactly where he's taking you, exactly what his objective is, and he That's just the, executes the sense it. Of, it's the poise and the sense of purpose. You know, some guys, like, they're banging their chest as they're going through, and you're like, I don't know. He's just kind of quietly doing it. Like, it's just 
that's who he is, man. And I, I think those Very guys. Very nonchalant. Yeah, dude. it's, it's like, so it's kind of crazy. This one would be a lot of fun, man, because I think that you know Jeff Neal is a guy who will go at him. You know, so it, I think you could see a little bit of uh, danger for a minute, maybe, but it'd be fun to see how what, how he handles. Now, it. Now, if he beats Jeff Neal in the way that we think he might, Jeff Neal, of course, is a knockout threat. He is well trained. Yeah. He's not some scrub. That's not what. Oh, we're and saying. he can fight a, a high pace. He can drag in. He, he's yeah. he's a he's a very. I mean, this is this is Rachmanov, given who he has beaten, stepping up to be quite clear. But if, if BC, if he wins in the way that we assume, and we don't want to get too far of ourselves, and we're not saying the answer is next, but then you do have to start thinking, okay. Where does he go against the top five? Because he's not far from a title at that point, right? And nobody's going to want him. That's the truth. Nobody's going to go out of their way. I mean, is anyone, can anyone get in trouble and they get forced to fight him? Like, who the hell is Colby going to fight, right? Like, who the hell? Right. You know, so uh, does that inevitably just pair up together? I don't know. But either way, it's Colby like, won't do it. is he going to fill the gap? Is he going to fill the role so. where Hamzat was? Hamzat seemed inevitable as a monster challenge for the title. And now after the the w mm. missing of Wade and everything that's going on, he looks like he might be going to middleweight here. So does that open a major door following the trilogy of uh, Usman versus Edwards? And then obviously you've got a couple guys in between who are deserving. Dude, he's he's not going to cut man. the line in front of them, but he's going to be in the same conversation with I'm telling you, here. man, it, 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 it's not for a little while, so we'll have to see what happens because I think what – I believe what I saw was that – um, Hamza Chimaev is not going to come back till after Ramadan, so late April, right? Something like that. Yeah. But I guess we'll have to see what happens when Gilbert Burns fights Jorge Masvidal. I expect Gilbert to win that, and they've been training partners in the past. A Shavkat Gilbert Burns fight. Yeah. Oh man. Oh lord, buddy, you are talking about. Well, all of those, a lot of those matchups that he could have in the top five would be fun to contemplate. Yes. You know, I don't know. I mean, this is just like we were talking about the other division, but like this one has some real. Monsters coming up too, and also if you include Shamayev, right? Like if you're still including him in this conversation, it's pretty nutty, man. Also, yeah. a credit to Jeff Neal for taking a fight that, by yeah. the way, nobody wanted. And if he wins, dude, you're talking taken to, seriously. He's I mean, true. Very also, true. like that, that would be true. that'd be the best stretch of wins in his career, even with the tough one over Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio after Luke, after Rachmanov, that oh, would yeah. be a remarkable stretch for Jeff Neal. Yes. You have to knock him out to win. Or is there a scenario? Probably, where? yeah. It's hard to imagine he's going to control yeah. position and all that kind of shit with him. That's That seems deeply unlikely. But that's just one of the tasty appetizers on this card. Yes, it is. Uh, BC, <laughs> BC, we'll go right back to you. He is filling in for Dan Hooker, who had to be removed. Mateusz Gamrot, fresh off the Ooh. loss to Benil Dariush, although it was a, you know, a hard-fought loss. Take it on Jalen Turner, who Ooh, is – I'm trying to think of the right word for Jalen Turner, but it's something like – Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Uh, aggressively dangerous. And uh, just uh, we, here's why he's so dangerous, right? I mean, many reasons, but here's a great one. He is a tall fighter who fights tall, who uses length when he wants or up close a differential right. between knee to chin levels. Like he understands his leverages right. and his lengths and uses them appropriately, which makes him terrifying. Now, if Gamrot does Gamrot things, he can still win this, even though I love this matchup. But does Gamrot need to develop an extra gear to truly become a threat for the crown? I don't know, man. I mean, he still looked pretty good. I just feel like, he, you know, he's still putting it together, but he's still very good coming off of what? Just the one loss. It's all these. Really, Which could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone either way. It's funny how that happens. A guy loses a close fight and people sort of like start to push him aside. To me, he's still, I mean, I could see him winning this fight. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. to me, this is a winnable fight for him. But again, dude, you mentioned these fights. It kind of has the same appeal, you know, as some of these others. Like, uh, you have guys that I think will contend. You know, I think Jalen Turner will contend at some point. Right. Um, 
So this is it's just fun. It's co- fun to contemplate. Gamrot too, man. I mean, I feel like he's just how old is he? He's still fairly uh, thirty-one. Oh, he's he's a little like older than I thought. Yeah, I got it open here. He's um. He's 32, but I, I screwed up. He had the close win over Sarukin, yes. and it was the Benil Dariush fight. Oh, that's right. One. That's right. We're, uh, both confused. of those were close, yeah. but Dariush clearly better, and then he was kind of edging it out over Sarukin. But like he, yeah. he does need to, True. he does need to go for it a little bit. His more. scrambling and his wrestling next level, but like Logan Storley, we talked about with Bellator, just not enough punishment, not enough yeah. just hammering guys into the into the uh, canvas. That's been one thing that's been a bit of an issue for him. And against Jalen Turner, it's like. Well, on the feet, that's a real bad fight for right. Amrod. But on the ground, Turner could be – those guys who have long leverages, if you don't know how to fight using them on the ground, that could be a real bad place to be tall, actually. Well, dude, yeah. five in a row for the tarantula, all five by stoppage, three by submission. So he's, he's been on the danger is heavy. I mean, that Run through it. Run through it. Uh, Joshua Kubayo. Kubayo. Brock Weaver was a submission. Okay. He had stopped uh, Joshua by punches. Euros Medic. He uh, sub- no, uh, Euros Medic. Rare, rare naked choke. <laughs> he stopped Jamie Malarkey in round two yep. with punches, and then he guillotined Riddell in the first round, 45 yeah. seconds. That was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's on a great run. He's on a great run. Uh, the only question is, how's he going to deal with the scrambling and the attacks mm-hmm. of a guy like Gamrot, who is just utterly different than Dan Hooker? Just completely different. It's a better fight. It's I mean, a much better I, it's a tougher I, I, fight, though. It is, a, yes, it's a tougher fight. I don't mean to, like, obviously Dan Hooker's in a different spot in his career, but now you put in a guy who, you know, has, like, real imminent, it could imminently affect the title picture. You know what I mean? I feel like that's always a little bit better. Hey, Dan Hooker's a project of reinvention often. Would you recommend an IV for him to turn things around? Yeah. (laughs) Too too soon to work that into the material? No. No, I don't think it's too soon. I think you're all right. Jesus, take the wheel. I mean, the thing is, when you know, when John Stark shot three of eighteen in Game Six, you know, against the Rockets or Game Seven, did he stop trying, Luke? Did he stop trying to? to no, make, you know, kept shooting. I mean, the team lost, but you know. Well, if he went three for sixteen, he definitely didn't stop. He just three for kept fucking going, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, last but not least on this main card, how about this one? And this is one thing that we did not do a lot of on our twenty twenty three preview, which you know we're just fucking about anyway. But <laughs> Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel and the role he's going to play. He takes on Jamie Pickett. His first UFC fight was supposed to happen a few, couple of months ago. They pushed it back to here. He opens the main card. Yeah. You know, Jamie Pickett's about to catch a beating. Like, oh, yeah. Seems like a nice guy, but uh, he's being fed to the Lions here. I mean, this feels, doesn't What is feel the upside like... for, for, Bo, for Bo Nickel here? Like, <laughs> well, what, that's what what, let me ask point? you, does this feel like Aaron, the Aaron Pico rise all over again? Like in terms of the momentum and the feeling of like the moment is now? It's no, kinda... because Aaron Pico didn't have any MMA fights when he made his debut in New York. Yeah, but he was so well known in, right. in all the it was sports. His pro debut. But all the sports of his discipline, he was so well known, and there was that hype. Okay, of but like, you have seen Bo Nickel make the transition. He okay. is fucking these bands. Then, 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 then what does this feel like right now? Because it feels special. It feels it like. It does feel special. And I think part of it is just he's a polished personality. He's been through so many spotlights already a thousand times. He's already won three, what, three national titles? Three national say? titles. And like he's, you saw him, the way he comported on uh, the contender series, just. He's already polished. He feels Asperger. like he's already there. Yeah, it's like he's already, everything about him seems like he's a veteran and he believes in himself and, you know, he's kind of a, playing the game from elevation, even even as he's picking his shots and stuff. He just has it – all. it's all upside. So I feel like if he goes in there and does it, he's going to know exactly how to handle it mm. and parlay it into the next thing. And that's always what the Conor McGregor school was, right? Like you keep planting seeds, you, you escalate the stakes – Yep. Keep going. I mean, you tell the odds makers the that they're champion. stupid, you know, like for for making you only a minus twelve hundred or whatever it is, you know, like favorite. You know what I mean? Like he plays the game the whole Dude, way. Twenty twenty three. He speaks if, to everybody. If if the UFC plays it right and keeps him active and he keeps doing the Bo Nickel show, 
He could have four fights by the end that's of the what, year and be in a completely that's what they should be different. Dude, before his pro debut, he was talking about put me in there with the champ Adesanya before the upset, obviously. But still, like he was like already publicly talking about it. I mean, you if they put really him against, that. yeah, mean, but they all do. Like Raul Rosas Jr. is like, I'm going to be bantamweight champion in a year, and it's like, I doubt that. I doubt that. Uh, Rosas Jr. was 13, by the way, last time John Jones finished an opponent. Wow. Just pointing that out. He's anyway, pulled that geez. sword out. Wow. <laughs> it's, been a Jesus. it's been a minute. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, in, in any case, so like I get the youthful exuberance is the thing that is there, but like given his, just given his track record in folk style yeah. and then what he did on the contender, oh my God, it was frightening to watch him. It was. I mean, these guys up. Well, it, he knows, and he, tra he trains with guys too, you know, like his training partner. ATT. Yeah, so, I mean, but he knows the minute he gets you into his world, you're in trouble. And that's a great confidence to have, right? Ben Askren got by with that for a long time. Yeah. Like for guys that were just the ones yeah, but, that they're But feeding. this dude is like right. Ben Askren who can punch your right. fucking exactly. life Right, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like there aren't a lot of weaknesses yet, I mean, that have been identified. But his sublime area is the place he's going to take Remember it, you know? when you were a kid and like your younger cousin who was like a female would have like her eighth grade graduation party or some bullshit. And you yeah, remember go, when it was like that for and you? You had to go to it. And then, but like the good thing that would happen is like a pickup game would break out in the driveway hoop. You know what I mean? It'd be sure. like this weird, like three on three or four on four of like an old guy and like a kids and like, you know, just be like a weird <laughs> mix. But dude, you're Magic Johnson in that game. You're doing like all video game moves going around the back, like high five. And that's what Bo Nichols looked like yeah. cutting through this, this uh, contender series. So it's like, it's, I don't know, like, I, when was the last time I felt this? Hamza, first couple fights, right, early pandemic, like, oh, shit, someone's, someone's fruit ninja in yeah. the competition, just slicing yeah. right through them. Um, Although he just seems like... Cain Velasquez threw heavyweight in his early run. Yeah. He was terrifying. It's his handling of his station, though, too. It's just how he's handling himself. Yeah. Like, you can tell he's, he's playing the game and he's yeah. doing it just right. And I, I think that's what – like, so when you're talking about a potential star, I think he's got that this already. This guy's been talking to, to local media, you know, since he was in middle school. Right. But, but how's, his, how's his boxing and how's his chin? Do we know anything? Well, we don't know much that because he doesn't get pushed. So there is a ton of unanswered. It won't be The way in which he looks good so far everywhere – and this is the other part too, the way he quickly chains attacks together – especially from different dimensions, yeah. punching into triangles and everything else. Like, and it's just quick. Everything is fast, hard-nosed, delivered with authority. It's like, fuck, dude, take it easy. Like, he is – everything is so razor sharp. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, dude. How does he look after two rounds of you fumbling that tiger thick all over your balls? I don't know. But <laughs> I haven't spilled a drop of this, okay? <laughs> yeah, except for the one you just cleaned up, right? You're the worst. Damn, I catch that. Oh. Um, he, I mean, he won't be the story. John Jones, win or lose, will be the story coming out of this card. But he, if he gets a, a quick and and effortless finish, you can't. How, how do you slow roll him? Can you slow roll him? I don't know. No. The only question is what guys will agree to fights. Well, he wants. He doesn't want a slow roll. No. He wants to go right into the big fights. But if the UFC is smart, I would just let him because I think the appeal for him is big enough right now for him to go through a couple of Jordan Levitts, right, like that type. Just build them up a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? But. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 500 Days of Summer. Underrated, like, rom-com movie. Yeah. He does this. <laughs> he does this. I have to check it out. How's the tiger thick, you fucking... Pretty good. So he's drinking more than you have. Uh, yeah, I do Pretty have good. to... I, we have another shoot after this, so I've got to sip it or I'd be a little sloppy, but... I can't I can't talk bad about it. I'm not a whiskey guy. It's not and bad. It, it's like and it's it, really you know, it, it burns me a little, Luke. It's like having VD in your chest. 
I got pop calf back there. At least. It's like yeah. having venereal disease <laughs> in your chest. In your chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it burns, baby. It burns, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, it we sounds call like it he's drank enough, at least. <laughs> all right. Quickly, Cody Garbrandt's back in the, oh my God. in the prelim featured bout on ESPN, and it's back at Bantamweight. He has lost what four or five four by by stoppage. It's tough. Dude. Um, what do we what do we feel about the was where he's fighting? at in the winability? The only fight he didn't he's get fighting, stopped. Um, uh, was it Malarkey? No, 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 no. It's sorry. It's uh, Tre- it's Trevin Tre- Jones. Jones. Bantam Jones. Jones. out. He he went the distance against Rob Font. Did Garbrandt, but he got stopped by everybody else outside of the one finish against Asun Sal. The Car France one was. Where is night. he? Where like where is Cody right now? Uh, I don't know. It's probably in a similar place to Derek. Uh, Lewis? Lewis? No. What am I saying? Um, Coleman? Uh, Reyes. To Dominic Reyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably a similar place to that. I think you. I think there are probably some irresolvable issues. That's what it seems like to me. Um, it's weird with him. I mean, it's actually, that's a pretty similar thing. I think that the UFC would really banked on Garbrandt being a guy, especially after that Dominic Cruz, because it all fell apart after the Dominic Cruz bewitchery that he showed us where he went in there and just schooled him. He was incredible. And it was like the Dillashaw thing. Dillashaw, who's done this a couple of He was early in the Dillashaw fight. Remember, he dropped him? Yes. And it's like, for whatever reason, though, from that point on, I mean, it's just like vertigo, right? Just can't get right. Yeah. And every time you see him now kind of bite down and start to throw, it's like that wince moment where you're like, oh, boy, here we go, because he keeps getting caught right away in those types of exchanges. I mean, I don't know how this one to go. I I feel like they're giving him a guy. I think that the – uh, he's Trevin is coming off of like three losses himself. I mean, they're trying to get him a get right fight, but I mean, he can't survive much more. This might that's be, what I mean. this might but be a winner. Go home. Like, even if he wins this, which he might, um, you know, yeah. is realistically building back at, fe- at flyweight or bantamweight. Does it seem realistic no. to anybody? It doesn't seem very realistic to me. No, it doesn't. Not after, I mean, I already, it's a few fights ago, man. I mean, you're just, I don't know what it is. You've talked to him. Like, it's just, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, but Something went wrong there. I don't know what it was, man. I just don't, don't think he – I think he had a style where when he could knuckle guys into the dirt without really paying for his chin, he was just happy to do it. But you have to correct the mistakes along right. the way. He never really built in defensive sensibility. Yeah, he just looked like a different fighter against Cruz, like the ability to carry out a game plan, stay disciplined. Yeah. If you talk to his a, coaches, they'll tell you that they had a good game plan for that one that he followed, and that since then he just has not been um, – You can see that. He gets lured in. The Munoz fight wasn't a Pedro Munoz when uh, – I think they were trying to be patient, and immediately yeah. uh, he got hit with something, and then you could just see it in his eyes, like, I'm going to yeah, take his head yeah. off. And then as soon as he did that, it was like, bam, he was Munoz is a hard hitter, so that just yeah. didn't go well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just feel like, uh, you know, he might win a win here. It's certainly possible, but yeah. I just don't believe a reformation project. Is there a re- uh, is there a second life as a as a wrestler first, leaning into that and getting away more from the, I'm coming out there to, to throw big and eat big? and if I, That's the only question only he could answer. I couldn't yeah. tell you. Okay. In that, sense, Crazy. in that sense, a bad one. Chase that high C, right? <laughs> Chase that high C, Brian. Run that pipe. All right, Chuck, where can folks find your work? I think that's it. Uh, at themyth.com, M-I-T-H. I do some writing there. I do a podcast with your boy, Ariel Hawani, mm-hmm. over at the Ringer MMA PT Carroll, too. And PT Carroll, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, see, he's going to like that because he thinks you hate him. I, I, I hey, don't know why. <laughs> Luke, real, can I get a 10-second talk on uh, Derek Brunson versus Drikas? Ooh, that is a good fight. Yes, very quickly. There's a good, another good middleweight prelim about here. Drikas takes a lot of risks. He does. He's like a, lot, a big lumbering. Like a lot of, li- lot of liberties. Um, Derek Brunson might Berserker. wrestle him. It's hard to see. Hard to see. Do we know if he's back on the Cisco uh, blonde hair? I do not know. It's a good question. I do not know. Blonde Brunson has like, Cisco. yeah, he's got a higher ceiling. That's true. He has looked better. Freaky. He has looked yeah. better with the blonde hair. Brian, anything you want to plug? 
I mean, I, I, you know, I can't say that out loud, right? <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> All right. He didn't say anyone. On that uh, note, that's Brian Campbell, <laughs> Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. This has been your UFC 285 pregame preview for Morning Combat. Enjoy the fights, fuckers.